Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Ladies and gentlemen, it is National Signing Day. That's right, National Signing Day. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and this is 11 personnel. Where Luckett, it doesn't doesn't feel like signing day. You know, four or five years ago, this would have been a much different show than what today's is going to be. Yeah the the Wednesday, the first Wednesday in February was always a day that every college football fan I think look forward to. It was a you know, a mark on the calendar. If you're going to take some PTO there in February, you know, take it on this day. And then there's coverage all day. Everybody signs on one day. It was a big to do. And you had leading into it because the visits during basketball season, like during Saturdays Mm -hmm. and then just leading up into that was just something I think everybody like and got excited about. Um, And the December signing day, doing that for the part, um, because the coaches have been like, hey, now we can get this done sooner. So why don't we just try to sign all of our players? And then right. we have some scraps. Now, in the beginning, when the, this first started, I, mean, I think three years ago, it was like Cavassier Smoke. He signed late um, that, that class. That was the first Chris one. Chris Oates was the big one. Uh, Chris, Chris Oates. He, was, he yeah. was the big one. And then MJ Devonshire was – 2019 and you know obviously he's still not around anymore 2020 we had uh the josiah hayes the big john summerall get where was that even signing day or was that early signing period that was early, that was early signing day it was mike drennan we had our mike drennan podcast this time last year ah uh, hell okay i'm glad you reminded me because that, that that escaped me yeah that makes more but sense think, now yeah i think drennan was the only one there late I'm looking at the class right now. Here, I got my recruiting spreadsheet pulled up. I don't remember any of these other guys being late signees other than Drennan. I mean, that just, it's kind of wild that we've gotten to a point where it's one guy. (laughs) Every February, there's one guy, and it's usually a big guy. Last year, it was Drennan, as we said, and this year, it's Trevin Wallace, who is one of the highest ranked recruits ever signed by Mark Stoops. Uh, In fact, I believe he is uh, in just if you go just off 24 7 rankings, Landon Young's the only one ranked higher. Composite things get a little bit hairier, but the number 35 player in America, second ranked inside linebacker in the country, only three spots away from five star status. Wallace is a bona fide badass like it. Who, when you, when you pound for pound, I, I think it's fair to call him the best athlete. That stoops in really, you, you. I think the only comparable athlete is probably. I, I would say there are two comparable athletes, pound for pound, Lynn Bowden and Jagger Burton in this class, as far as what they can do at their size, how well they play. This kid is a freak, point blank, period, just an athletic freak. Yeah, the first thing I would say with that is just the profile of it. Got a kid from Georgia. Um, you know, very highly ranked recruit. He's a school, a bunch of guy teams in the SEC want. You're able to go down there and beat them out for recruitment. Like Kentucky and their base is always going to be, you know, protect your state in recruiting, going to Ohio. And here lately, Michigan's developed into an area where they've been really been able to get into. And it's looking like in 2022, that could be a good chunk of the class coming off a year in 2020 where they had, I think, four guys from Michigan. Mm-hmm. So th- those are like, that's your backbone. Like that's places you have to do every, well every year. But at the end of the day, like to get to where you want to get to and to consistently win and all that in, in the SEC, you got to go down there in the South and you got to beat out teams for players. Um, there was a time I thought we thought Kentucky, that's what they were going to do in South Florida. It never really came to fruition. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing here lately is that's happening kind of in Georgia and Alabama. Christian Lewis, you held off some guys. And then John Summerall for the second year in a row um, goes down and as deep 
SEC country um, where it's competitive as heck recruiting wise. Everybody's down there recruiting these guys. Um, and South Georgia for years, Nick has just been an Auburn pipeline. Like they get a lot of guys from that area. If a guy's ever good, like Auburn's usually the favorite for those guys. If, mm-hmm. if it's not at home, they're going to Auburn. So to go down in that area for a guy that heavily sought after and a guy who really blew up, um, I think this year, um, I think he was kind of sneaking on the radar until this year. And then mm-hmm. shouts to Jeff Halfley who got on him early, but then <laughs> loses him. Your boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's Boston college, but it, it's going to help out Kentucky at the end. Um, Look at I think now we can go ahead and give our a round of applause to the Auburn boosters. Mm-hmm. Just hats off to you guys. Thank you so much because you idiots are a big reason why this is happening. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart because John Summerall, yes, did a great job recruiting. He maintained that relationship throughout this process. But my gosh, if they don't go and clean house three days before the early signing period then Wallace is – he's probably an Auburn Tiger. <laughs> yeah, and also thank um, their AD, Alan Green, for not um, giving in to the boosters because Kevin Steele is there. That position coach you're talking about, Travis Williams, who's now at Miami, just got hired. Mm-hmm. He's still at Auburn. Yeah, yeah. And Tra- Kevin Wallace is going there tomorrow. Yeah, but they got rid of Steele. He didn't cave to him. They bring in Brian Harson. Harson's like, eh, yeah, sorry, I'm bringing in. I think he brought in his own guy from Boise. He kept some. Yeah, guys. He tried to keep a. He tried. He tried to keep a nice balance. They kept Cadillac Williams as a running backs coach. Mm-hmm. I believe they kept one more Auburn assistant, but then he he did have, you know, he kind of wanted to drop and bring his own own guys in, while bringing yes. in Bobo and Derek Mason and some guys coordinators with SEC ties. Um, but that's recruiting, though, man. You know, stuff like that happens. It's why they, they, they preach on the relationship, keep relationship, keep relationship, because you never know when something, something, you know, something could happen. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened there. Kentucky was just in the right place at the right time, had worked really hard to keep that relationship. And bada boom. Uh, yeah. Trevor Moore, yeah. Kentucky. And it's, it's also, uh, from a matter of circumstance, the not having the visits probably helped and not having the camps because – he really did blow up by putting out incredible senior tape. And like when you watch Wallace's senior tape, most of it of this linebacker is taking jet sweeps and running 80 yards to the house. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. He returns yeah, a punt for a touchdown. Now it opens with the strip sack and, you know, he's got a couple picks and from a defensive standpoint, he doesn't waste movement, which you would think an athlete of his magnitude, you know, he would chop his feet or, you know, dude doesn't mess around. He gets right to where he needs to get going. He's very direct. He's very, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, man, there's, there's, uh, there's he's very fluid. There's no really waste in movement. He shows good change of direction, mm-hmm. um, just open field kind of athleticism. Um, he gets his hips moving each way when going laterally. He's the word that I'm looking for is every step that he takes, there's like a purpose for it. He's very purposeful. Yeah, there's no waste emotions. It's yes. always right. Yeah. Right. And that's why, while like, even though it might be a minority in his film because he's such a great athlete and everything else, that's why it's like, a, oh, this kid is, he's well ahead most people his age. In athleticism and wasted movement and all that kind of stuff, he he checks a lot of boxes yeah. early on. And another big thing too, like it, just from a need standpoint, like it's not like Kentucky couldn't have found scrap somewhere else, but to get a guy of this caliber of this magnitude, when you have your best defensive player, your linebacker leave kind of unexpectedly a few weeks prior, this is this is huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, you lose your potential American, which is always going to sting no matter what caliber program you are. But for Kentucky, this is about as good as you can ask for. Go and get a guy of this caliber on the recruiting trail. And you mentioned his the 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 rushes on the highlight tape are just you could just have a highlight tape with just that. I mean, and it's, it's really nothing but jet sweeps and wildcat quarterback stuff. <laughs> just running over people, running past people. Um, but as a linebacker, I I just he 
Like uh, when I watch, when I scout these linebackers, I really want to see three things. Um, I want to see uh, play recognition, read and react. How are they, are they getting off the balls or delayed? Are they moving where the ball's going to supposed to go? And that, that clip you posted earlier this week, I thought was a great example of it. Mm-hmm. They run, it's like a little um, end around. They run kind of in an option type of, it's a wing T kind of motion, but then they, they, they reverse out of it and they kind of quick pitch it to him. Yeah. For That's a play, Nick. I guarantee you um, Wayne County high school sat down and watched that play. They're like, if he runs this, like, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So this be ready for it. And that's exactly, he was ready for it. He got off the ball. He cut the guy off on the reverse and this guy wasn't slow and just totally obliterated the play. Um, tackle for loss. Love that play so Next, much. I, and then and the other thing about that play, too, is he slow played it just well enough to force the quarterback to pitch it and then just mm-hmm. gobbled it up, ran right to the spot. The kid basically took a dive. So I yeah. love it, love it. And then number two is just physicality. Like, I want to see you take on blocks, beat blocks. And then when you tackle kids at high school, I want to see the, like I want to see them go backwards. Like if you're a linebacker, these guys, these guys should be going backwards that you're playing against. You should be, you should be delivering the blow, delivering the impact, and that you don't have to look long to see that he takes on multiple blocks. Every tackle, the guy, the other player is going backwards, um, and a lot of negative plays, which is good to see. Number three is just can you play in space? Um, because I, I think the days are over just that inside thumper, two hundred forty pound linebacker. Mm-hmm. You got to get out. You got to be able. Um, to have, you know, that the flexibility and the athleticism to um, get up and go, change the direction, and be able to cover in space. And you see that with Wallace. He had a couple picks on that where he's, he's dropping back in his own coverage to get out on a slot receiver. Um, and then when you look at his running back tape and some of the other stuff he does, you can definitely project him into being a good coverage guy. So really what you have is you got an off-ball linebacker, I think, at the next level. He's probably a Mike. And like, I think he has the entire package right there and it's just going to be adding on to it because he hasn't played this position yet that he's going to play at Kentucky. No, no. So it's they, had him, they had him mostly right. on the edge just because they were like, you're fast. Go, go make a tackle. <laughs> well, it's going to be learning, learning uh, all these different things. But to me, when I watch him on tape, I just see a smart football player, a smart instinctual football player that looks pretty coachable. And so that that's something that's like a mold of clay. You can do a lot of things with on top of, um, all the traits he's bringing to the table. So it's a guy like, we're going to talk about a lot, but you should be pretty excited about him. He's going to play as a freshman. Yeah. He's a guy down the line that's going to be one of the better guy players in the SEC um, as long as he he keeps this path and nothing bad happens, you know, such as injury or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As long as he keeps down the track, he's going to be a really special player at Kentucky. Especially when you, you mentioned the word instincts and – that's that's some of the wasted movement, reading, reacting, no hesitation. And you also, I mean, we, we've talked about it, but the other thing you like about recruits, you like guys who just do everything for their team. I think he had something like 386 yards in his final high school game. He played every single snap. I mean, it's Michael Bush-like stuff. You know, I don't, I don't, I only know what I know, and that's the only guy I can compare it to. Just, I'm going to play every single play to do what I can to make my team win. That what that tells you is the floor probably a solid player, like a guy yeah. you can legit count on. Maybe he's not, you know, he should be starter caliber. Maybe he's not upper level starter caliber, but he's going to be a solid player for you. That's the floor. It seems like with that kid, when you get a kid like that with mm-hmm. some of the intangibles, he has tangible and he has intangibles. He has some of the size, speed, and all that one, but he seems to have some of the intangibles with. I think there's something to be said for a kid that like that took that big of a jump his junior to senior year. And he did it without tweeting his only tweet. He's tweeted 11 yeah. times. And one of the, the last one was I'm committing to Boston college. <laughs> I think that's, that's just some of that South Georgia though. I think that's some of that mentality down there. Like, you get a lot of kids with a hard hat, blue collar mentality. And oh, I think they love have it. Him with Kentucky's program. Yeah. And I think we've seen it with Jamin Davis Katie McDaniel's in a uh, room to make, make a push. Quay Mahone's kind of slowly working his way in the defensive line room. Who else am I missing? There's other Chauncey Magwood is a guy like we mm-hmm. talked about in the early signing day. People fall in love with. I just think there's something to those guys, man. Derek Jackson, who like drove Derek up Jackson, the night he, before to uh, yeah, to he did camp, that. And you know, he seems like he's got a chance to really maybe 
have a lot of playing time as a true sophomore in Kentucky's lowest rated recruit in that highly touted 2020 class. So I just think it really fits with kind of what they want as a program. And I think that's why Trevor Wallace is going to fit right in uh, when he gets here to Kentucky, I guess, in the summer. Shouts to the summer, all dude. What he's doing is it's pretty big time. I think it needs to be recognized for that. This is like what he's doing is not easy. No, like, no. That's, it's... that's major chops to go down there to, to pull these off. That That's it's big time to hold on to Christian Lewis, to go down there and get this linebacker who, who was probably the fastest rising recruit here in the last couple months. It's just, uh, it's, I think it's a big deal and we need to realize that. Well, and it's also as much as every time we hire somebody uh, new into this program, they ask, well, is he a good recruiter or not? If you got two or three really, really good ones, it don't matter. And Summer else proved that he's one of the really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up there with Mero uh, and the other guys. Of course, Mero's always going to have more because of what he's kind of, you know, it's his foot. He's in the backbone, if you will. But to, I mean, look, it, I still remember. It's funny because Kentucky's playing Missouri tonight in basketball. I still remember showing up to the Drury Inn in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, the night Nate, uh, that night that Reed Travis got hurt, and Matt House took the job after the the who him and Holland with the Kansas City Chiefs. Turns out, going to coach the Chiefs was a pretty good career move for Matt House. Uh, got a, a second straight Super Bowl coming up, but and I was like, all right, luck it. So who's next man up? And you're like, I think Summerall's the guy for the job. And not only did he have the UK's alma mater. Uh, up and coming has has done a lot of stuff on the field but man recruiting was it's it's i'm sure he's even exceeded mark stoops's expectations when it comes to the kids he's pulled uh in just two years it it really is you you got to salute the guy yeah it's big time and then you talked about the three guys marrow clink scale and Sumrall. like we talked about earlier the backbone of the class those three guys are just they're, they're taking care of most of it and then it just then you can spray the board and Mm-hmm. Uh, to fill fill in the blanks, Stewart got Ross. I'm sure White is going to get a couple guys. Now, uh, an, an important part in all this, though, is like all the like all those guys. They can recruit every position, mm-hmm. but quarterbacks different now. Yeah, your quarterback coach or your offensive coordinator they had they really have to go out and get those quarterbacks. Well, which brings us to Will Levis which I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Can we yes. just call him Will Levi's, though? Because I, I want to picture – You know somebody. Well, I said if he comes here, you know – you just know we're going to hear that. we got to sure. play that Levi's. Um, he entered the transfer portal last week on a Thursday night, I believe. And uh, full disclosure, like it, I did uh, – I, I, I played cards Thursday night, tied one on, woke up Friday – going to the radio station without even looking at my phone and tj's like so what about this quarterback that uh just entered the portal and i i mean it was like he was speaking chinese to me I had no idea what he was talking about and i was like well uh i guess it you know if you're mean cohen you want to you, your new guy should be able to go and get one of his guys and i you know i i just it was all mush mouth but the more digging i did the more i realized that this guy from penn state he'd be a nice little three-man quarterback competition yeah uh, he uh he i i do hate though that in his only like his best game his best performance arguably was coming in down three touchdowns to scott frost so that is one knock i'll have on him but he carried them all the way back and almost got a win he had a big touchdown to Fryermuth or is that, is that his name Fryermuth? Yeah, Fryermuth. yeah 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 uh he's a pretty good runner too got a good arm his his uh little quarterback camp kind of stuff looks like he can let it rip uh i'll, I'll give him one other knock though really looks like a penn state quarterback like pretty boy with the the eyeball New England vibes for sure oh yeah yeah but uh he does have the connections to cohen and you, you gotta like you said quarterbacks go to go coach needs to be able to get their guy so, yeah, I think Cohen should have the green light to go and get a guy to compete against the two that the other administration brought in. Yeah, a couple of things this tells me. Um, number one is 
um, Cohen thinks they need another body. So if he thinks they need another body, he's probably not super happy with what they have in the position room right now. Number two, it, he might have a, a relationship with this. In Levis spring size, you know, he's 6'3", 222 pounds. He brings playing experience. He's played in the Big Ten. He's been used as a running option, so he's got some durability to him. When you when you turn on the tape, what you see is a kid with a laser of an arm. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of lasers and not very much lofts from what I'm seeing. There's a lot of BBs being planted out there. Pew, pew. So there's definitely some, some uh, you know, Touch in issues. between game. You're going to have to work and work with him, work on him with. Um, but really, I think it's just – I've said this from the beginning. Like, I think a lot's tied to Bo Allen – I think you, your the program is heavily invested in him. And I think this, if Bo is not like um, physically ready or not, not totally ready to go off, really run the ship kind of thing. I think this is smart to bring in Levis as another option for you and to give you more time to really kind of bring Bo along. Cause I still think Bo is the long-term answer for the program. I think a lot's tied up with that, but I don't think, you know, I think you don't, if he's, if there's any doubt at all, I don't think you throw him out there um, because you don't want to stunt that growth. And Le- what Levis would do would give them a guy with more playing experience than a guy like Jake, or Joey Gatewood has one, it looks like one start, but he's playing a lot as, or he's made two starts, excuse me. He started one game in 2019, one game in 2020, mm-hmm. um, but it's played a lot. Like he was a kind of their short yardage option last year for Penn state. Um, so and it and I believe, it seems like he's probably got some type of connection with Cohen, I would imagine. Yeah, they're um, New England stuff from, they're, from they're, Connecticut. I mean, like how many quarterbacks can actually be in New England too, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh the to your point, it, it goes I mean, it goes back to the hot take that uh my radio partner had early in the summer and I was fighting back on, but you at the root of it, it's true. If you can mitigate any risk you have with the quarterback position, you should take every step to do it. And if there's one thing that 2019 taught us, uh, you know, no such thing as too many quarterbacks. Now, I don't, I don't know what it means for the other guy, especially when you got Scalzo going in and out of the portal. That's weird. And the really big thing on this, like it, that uh, if Levis does end up coming to Lexington, it's not going to be until the summer. Uh, he's got to graduate. He's going to come as a grad transfer. And that's that's huge, not being able to have that spring. Uh, it's it's just enormous. And I don't. I think he would even consider just not doing that. But since they, uh, th- they didn't go forward with making that ruling this January, like they said they were uh, at the NCAA level, where you're guaranteed that one-time transfer waiver, then, the, you know, they you you need to have him graduate to make sure that he is eligible because you can't be playing this song and dance, uh, you know, in September like we were with Joey Gatewood this year. So um, that that's a, a little wrinkle to this that could complicate things. Uh, and I tell you what, we're not going to have any lack of intrigue or storylines when it comes to quarterback competitions <laughs> this summer. And you know, spring's going to tell us a lot, hopefully. And this is always going to be kind of the wild card, I think, option if they mm-hmm. do land this kid coming in for the summer and whatnot. But Kentucky's been in this place, I think, Nick. Um, and we saw it a little bit last year with Terry about how the competition just, I don't think, has been fierce enough for that quarterback spot. Like it's been a little bit too, you know, this, you know, peg them in. Yeah. And, and it's resulted in Kentucky having some pretty bad quarterback rooms. As we saw in 2019, things got bad quick. Yep. This is a thing here now where you would have – with Levis, you would have three legit quarterback options, I think. Right. You would have this former top 100 recruit transfer who has a bunch of physical tools. You would have, you know, you're finally homegrown Kentucky kid that you hit on in the, your best – one of your best – a lot in your ride your passing game. Guy who played, you know, 
you know, has a big, but it can also run the kind of, so at least that, that gives you options where if one bust or one or one gets injured or whatnot, you have other pieces there. I think Kentucky here lately, they haven't had that. Um, and then when things got bad, it allowed them to go really, to really go bad because they just didn't have another option. I think this kind of at least they're spraying the board a little bit to give themselves um, some more uh, pieces to the puzzle to tinker with in case something goes wrong. Spraying the board. Great phrase. Uh, I, I, I turned on wedding crashers the other day. It reminds me of the bird shot that Vince Vaughn takes in the ass. Spraying the board. Right off the booty. Um, one guy that we haven't mentioned in all our discussion is uh, Luke Fulton, who uh, a little spoily. Um, we're actually recording this on Tuesday night, how we typically do. Um, but here's the thing with Luke Fulton. They might have announced today that he has joined the program, kind of like how they snuck Justice Dingle into that early signing class. And uh, Fulton is a guy that I think there was somebody close to Fulton reporting that he was transferring to UK a while back, like two months ago kind of deal. Um, but it's been kept quiet. Uh Fulton was first offered by UK. Like that was his first scholarship offer. He's a Cardinal Mooney kid in, from Youngstown, uh, where hell, half the coaching staff went to school there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it fits the bill. If they need linebackers. He's an inside linebacker. And uh, whenever it becomes official, it's a nice little added piece of depth. With that, he does bring a little bit of baggage with him like it. He got, a, he got in trouble with the law. He fought the law, the law won. He actually fought some people at a frat party, and that's what he got in trouble for. Mel Tucker suspended him for, I guess, the season because um, he didn't play at all in 2020. So It was him uh, and one other player. Yeah, they got suspended indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's kind of the wrap on him. Uh, uh, for me, if, if, guy, if guys from Youngstown who – gotten fights at parties uh, were not allowed second chances then i'm assuming we we wouldn't have coaching staff uh, at the university of kentucky so i'm not going to be one who gets all mad about a frat party fight i'm sure there will still be some folks who are not happy with it but yeah you know, such is life uh, kentucky needs linebackers he'll he'll fill that void uh, admirably michigan uh, right rules regulations law up there they don't release details when mm -hmm. kids under I think it's like 24, 25. Yes, correct. It's that type of crime. So we don't know exactly what happened. This kid does come from Youngstown. He went to Cardinal Mooney. I think that probably plays a big part mm -hmm. in adding him, even if there is a little bit of baggage there. Obviously, the head coach and the, the recruiting coordinator are from there. Your director of player development. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, did Buffano go there too? Mm, I think so. I think he I did. Know, I know sure Wolford went to Ursuline, which was their rival. Uh, but he yeah, I'm pretty sure Buffano went there too. So yeah, and then isn't isn't uh, Clink from Youngstown as well? I don't I think he is. I think he is, but I don't think he's a Cardinal Mooney guy. Let's look up his profile. So just uh, now, I know he went to Ashland for high school or for, for high school for college, which is like a, a small school in Ohio, like D three. No, they're the Tomcats, Ashland Blazer, Paul Blazer High School. That's a nice joke. Was I right? Was I right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Now I didn't at first. <laughs> it does not say where he's from on his UK. Oh uh, yeah, it does a native of Youngstown, Ohio. Boom, shaking like a waka faka. So. Uh, add some more Youngstown flavor. It ain't going to hurt anybody. Uh, as long as he doesn't hurt anybody except opponents. So, uh, yeah. that, that, you know. Nick, what are you, are you here an inside linebacker? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when I watched this tape, I was like, that guy could play Sam. Yeah. And I think it's going to come down to uh, bodies, you know, yeah. how, how good they feel about people in there. And yeah, Katie Daniel, how comfortable will they feel with him? Yeah, yeah. It's so spring practice, it's going to be a let's throw up stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So, um, 
Katie McDaniel, a lot riding on him with Boogie Watson's departure. And and also kind of I mean, they're they're pretty thin at that spot. Uh, how how well can Daniel play? Um so there, there's 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 a lot of spring practice storylines. I'm I'm just looking forward to whenever we actually have a spring practice to kind of Mm-hmm. get our ducks in a row which you know i'm sure that'll be just right around the corner uh hell sec tournaments right around the corner and that's usually when they're firing it up so they're popping off around that time but yeah i've got them this is counting fulton i've got them at six edge scholarship players right now jordan wright justice dingle katie mcdaniel jj weaver luke fulton sam anelli mm-hmm. i'm wondering if we're just going to see more of that kind of three three five stuff with just Vito or Devontae Robinson at nickel, especially with some of Tisdale's skill set. I think he could be a pretty effective blitzer mm-hmm. from some different locations. Yeah, ripping people's heads off. It's what Vito does best. What yeah. will V does best? I would, uh, if Brad White wanted to, Brad White and uh, quality control coach Greg Minuski wanted to kind of dig into some of their NFL pressure packages, I think Tisdale would be a guy that would be heavily involved in that. Um, that that could be a way to help manufacture a pass rush this year. After last year, they really kind of struggled to get the quarterback on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. They will. That's, that's going to be a priority going into this fall is, is getting that fixed. Cause that was not acceptable. Not, not in, in any standard enough. Didn't get after the quarterback enough. Um, you know, who also didn't get after the quarterback guys that Drake Jackson was blocking at senior bowl. Uh, did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to say, like, it, it drives me crazy that all of these draft folks put their stuff behind a paywall because, for the most part, he was going up. I was trying to figure out where they were putting Marvin Wilson. I couldn't figure I, I'm guessing he's a day two pick. Um, but yeah, his stock fell a little bit. He was supposed to be a first round pick going into the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't have a great year. We'll just blame it on Mike Norvell. Uh, but Drake, Drake did well uh, against him. And that was despite being probably the smallest offensive lineman there. Uh, there was a guy from Grambling State that actually measured shorter, but Drake also had the shortest arms. Yet he held his own um, throughout the week in practice, did well in the senior bowl game. Max Duffy, very weird to see him not running and punting, but he was specialist of the week. So uh, those guys both uh, performed well. I don't know how much moving and shaking it does for them, but – when there's uncertainty with exactly how this combine is going to go down, how pro days are going to go down, good for those guys to be able to actually get to have one event under their belts because it, you just, you never know. You never know. And those, uh, you know, I talked to Jamal Singleton about it, like the amount of evaluating they can get accomplished there because it's it's the only time they can really get to coach them up. Real football. How, yeah. It's not running around your underwear at Luke Soul Stadium. It's 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 not clocking and time and all that stuff. So um yeah, I, I I'm good for those guys. Good for those guys. So I'm I was thinking about this the other day. We're looking right now as far as the draft goes, like the first four rounds from Kentucky's point of view are probably gonna be pretty boring. Yeah, but in the late rounds they could have a lot of action. Kel, uh, Kelvin Joseph was invited to the combine this week. I yeah. saw he'll get so. picked. Essentially, what that means is they they only invite you if they think that you're going to get picked in the draft. Right. Like there's guys every year they go to the combine and don't get picked, um, but for the most part, if they invite you, you should get picked. It's kind of Especially the same. Especially an underclassman. Like right. Yeah. So you got Kelvin Joseph, you got Drake Jackson, you got Max Duffy. I feel pretty confident those three guys coming Landon, off. The- Landon's going to be. I would think six round or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's six seven, three oh five. They just uh, tackle. They'll they'll bet on him saying we'll yeah. fix your pass pro. You just haven't done it enough. The only thing with Landon is he really needs to show like he could slide inside and play guard at the next level. I'm not sure if he's he big has, enough to be tackled. You know, yeah. Well, I just I don't know if he's got I don't know. He, he I mean he showed a lot of power run blocking, so he may be able to do that. Um, but I think for him being able to do that it's probably um, going to be maybe his meal ticket at the next level, uh, having some versatility to play multiple spots. Okay, so you got those those three, those yeah those those four. Um, after that, okay, you got Bohanna. Bohanna, you think Probably. he should sneak into one of those later rounds? 
I think so. Just because yeah. they don't they don't they don't make guys his size that you know. I think Brandon Eccles just he's got two years of pretty good production at corner mm-hmm. going against a bunch of good receivers. I think he'll have a shot. So I mean, there's a I think there's a scenario not a guys <laughs> can get drafted late. Mm-hmm. You could look up Kentucky's got five six guys off the board. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, we can see. That. I worry. I do worry about Bohanna though, because the game is. I mean, it's just the game's just different a little bit. That's not as valued as it used to be. You don't have just like Haloti Nadas in the middle of like a no, three. You do, you, you do still have some of those guys, but I just I worry about him like really slipping. I would. That would be my biggest worry for him. Yeah, the the one uh, thing working in his favor though is there are still going to be a handful of teams out there that that's true. You know, there's some of those old football guys in the NFL who've been there for 60 years. Like you know, they they can't change. Did you see that quote that Tom Moore had earlier this week? And we forgot Jamin Davis too. I forgot about him. Oh yeah, idiots. Yeah, and I would think that he's probably fourth, fifth round. He's one I thought I would see more of talking about. And I worry, I worry without like the traditional combine with him too, because that would have been a place where he mm-hmm. he tests well. He could have really blown up. I still don't know why they can't have a traditional combine. I mean, just you just had a senior bowl. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get that either. Just they limit shut it off the media and yeah, shut it off the media and then limit the NFL personnel that can be there. Yeah. You know, like you you can't have an army of scouts there. Or go it, down to Tampa and have it outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is probably what they're going to end up doing. Having it in, uh, do you think Tampa or Miami? Either way, they're well, that, they'll, they'll, if they did it, they'd just go out to LA to that big facility. Uh, yeah, built. yeah, you're exactly right. So I, but I think it is. Uh, they got to find out some, uh, some way to do it just to give these guys a chance because I, I just hate seeing them. They're still going to have all those pro days and stuff, and I think they're saying that those are going to be weighted more heavily this year. Um, so that's going to be something to follow for sure. And like when Kentucky has theirs, there's going to be a lot of guys that have a chance there to really, you know, pull some big stuff. And Georgia Sophomore Jay, that would have got him drafted a couple years ago. Yeah. 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 He absolutely crushed it. That was, that was awesome. Big George. What a great guy. Um, like it, speaking of Tampa, who you got? Who you got on Sunday? I've been on the, the Bucks. Even before the playoffs, I thought they had a really good chance. You were, and I was calling them fraud. Make the Super Bowl. Here they are. But I'm not – I just can't pick against Mahomes. I think a lot of it, like, to me, while I'm picking it, the Chiefs have just been, I think, kind of head and shoulders better than everybody else kind of all mm-hmm. season. Except for when Mahomes got hurt, and that was yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, and part of the season, they, they get to the point where it's, I think they're just kind of playing with their food kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, I've watched my son do that all the time. He gets bored, and then it's just more fun to play with your food. I think for Mahomes, I think this is quietly a pretty big game for him because it could be the last time he faces Brady. Mm-hmm. He's got a chance to go back-to-back, the first quarterback to do that since Brady. Um, I think they're going to be ready to go. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I just think they're the better team. Yeah, yeah. You're, you only got to kick – be but, a field goal better than him. I'm, 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 I'm all in the Chiefs. But if it gets, in, if it gets into a shootout – um, the Chiefs are a little aggressive on all defense. Like there is, I can see Tampa keeping pace, um, which is really what I think we all want. Like, oh yeah, give back me, up and forth, back and forth, and let's go. Give me all of the points in a Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes shootout Super Bowl. I mean, because you're right, this is probably Brady's. Like, is is invincible as he's been, and even though it feels like he just and they won, got hot too. Like they want to be in the they, Super Bowl every year. Really hot the last seven yeah. games. Especially defensively, mm-hmm. and the one thing that if you want to if you want to talk yourself into it, the Chiefs they the, the, their offensive line is nothing right now. It's all backups. That's, that's the key matchup I think, and that's yeah. what I worry about for the Chiefs standpoint is dealing with Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett and that pass rush. Which Pierre Paul wasn't he? I feel like he was on that Giants team that I that beat. Brady with a Tyree catch 15 years ago, but he couldn't have been right. 
Let's find that out. It feels like he was. And that's what I mean. Like, I felt like he was on the same line as OC Umanura and Michael Strahan. I know he definitely he plays OC. OC. Now you said that. Now they remember Umanura. He, uh, he's been around a while. Let's see here. Pro football reference. He joined the league in 2010. So, yeah, he was on that team, right? Was that 12 when the Giants won the Super Bowl? Uh, let's see here. Man, it's got a star by 2011, so let's click that. 2011, they won the Super Bowl. He's the second year in the league. Man, boom. He had, let's see. He had 16 and a half sacks that year, so that was like his coming out party. That's still his career high. That's he's crazy that he's, he's, with, <laughs> he's with Brady now. No, he wasn't on the first one, but he was on that second one with Justin Tuck and all them. Yeah, man, he's still going strong. Good for him. Good for him. I love that the halftime show for um, one of them was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Kelly Clarkson, though, was the one for the Super Bowl he was victorious in. So, and, and that was not the undefeated Patriots. That was the nine and seven G Men, the wild card G Men. So, so I just I just got my Super Bowls mixed up. That's what it was. Um, but Bowl Sunday, Nick, what's your go-to? Do you do the same thing every year? Do you do something different? What kind of food you get? Uh, I, I don't have a specific routine other than I try to play golf every Super Bowl Sunday. Um, uh, well, have you seen the weather for this Super Bowl Sunday? Well, we actually got indoor golf this time. We're playing a simulator at 9 a.m. Sunday morning. So there you go. Starting, yes. starting the day off um, with the bang. But there has been years where it's been pretty nasty outside and like the club, the clubhouses aren't even open. It's just, you know, go and do as you please. But two years ago, I think it was really nice. And like we were in shorts and t-shirts kind of deal. Yeah. I feel like what, I feel like we've had some good weather here in the Super Bowl lately. I don't even remember what the hell I did for last year. No, last year's I actually went to, uh, they had a, they had a Super Bowl party up at St. Paul. I do also get heavily invested in squares. And I'm, yeah. I've never hit one. <laughs> Players are fun. Yeah. That's the only prop bet I do. I don't get on the national anthem or anything like that, but I'll do, I will I'll, do some squares. Yeah. And I, man, that, that Travis Kelsey one where he, he hit over seven and a half catches 10 times in a row. They bumped it up to eight and a half. And it's the highest that they've ever had a catch prop bet all season long and i'm still tempted to take it <laughs> yeah. i like betting first to score too that's fun and i'll probably do gatorade just like you know a little five five dollar bets i can pay a ton mm-hmm. um so nothing that will drive to indiana can't solve which we're actually going to the golf i was thinking in of indiana so we can <laughs> get all the wagers in super bowl mvp like obviously brady mahomes are the two large favorites but like it feels like if Tyreek Hill you have to be a deep well I was thinking more it had to be like a defensive player like if it kind of an ugly game broke out and like Tyron Matthew had like two picks or something like that or Shaq Barrett had like four sacks I mean he just had three I think against the Packers yeah I still think they would defer to quarterback even if it was only like 17 to three or something well, like like, that. like we the got last the time the Pats won ago. Edelman won it and all he did was had he had like 14 catches for like nine yards for pop, but it just it was like a slugfest when we thought we were going to get a shootout with the Rams Patriots a couple years ago. Yeah, that was disappointing. Which, by the way, that trade that's bonkers. Like the fact that the Rams are giving up two first round draft picks to get Stafford. That's and they're giving away golf. Like I know part of the reason why you give them yeah. so much capital is because they're going to take a huge hit on the cap with golf, but still. What the Rams are doing works as long as you're consistently making the playoffs. If that if it ever gets to a point where you're not, then then you're really in tough shape. Thing but is, though, is Stafford's good quarterback. I mean, I I'm happy for him. He's gotten his ass kicked in Detroit for so many years. <laughs> like now he gets to go to L.A. Like as long as they keep those defensive pieces healthy, yeah, if the offense can get clicking at all. Uh, they'll have a chance. But like I said, they have to. You gotta, you gotta keep winning, uh, because that can get ugly quick if you're just giving giving away that draft capital. All right, look, we need to end with this. It's not going to be here for a while, but EA Sports 
They're bringing back college football video game. First things first. You were a EA Sports college football game, right? Like that that yeah. was right up your alley. Yeah. Okay. Who who is the your favorite team or players to play with? Like West Virginia with Steve Slayton. Yeah. That why yeah. we're pretty good. I, I think that's the correct answer because the thing about those teams too, like it, is they weren't too good that they were cheat yeah. codes. Like you couldn't play with the USC Reggie Bush Matt Liner team because Reggie Bush, you just hit spin. And yeah. You couldn't tackle him. And then the Troy Smith Ohio State team, you couldn't tackle Troy Smith either. Um, was Tebow? I don't ever remember. Yeah. Like I remember my cousin Mike, we used to play. And he would get Ohio State with Terrell Pryor. Yeah. But he would, yeah. He would change the playbooks. So then he would get like the Florida playbook. So it was oh. like the spread playbook. You could not see, I mean, you cannot stop him whenever <laughs> I'm like, why doesn't Ohio State do this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and it turns out uh, down the road, they did start doing that, but with Braxton Miller and all that. But yeah, that one, I, I remember that one. I'm trying to think of some other ones. LSU was always cool to play with because remember when you did the crowd, you could pump up the crowd thing. Oh, that was body, It would get so daggone loud. Your, your controller, controller would shake. Controller would just shake all over the place. <laughs> oh, and then I guess they would have had – was no – Jamarcus Russell was a little bit older, right? Wouldn't he have been like 06 or something? Yeah, yeah like 05, 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were fun. And then I think – AJ Green was on one that you could just throw it up to him. Yeah, Fitz Larry Fitzgerald with Pitt was like that. You could just throw it to him all day. He went and caught everything. You know who was also great at NCAA 14? Curtis Pulley. Curtis Pulley yeah. was a freaking stud in that game. And did he ever even play it down at UK? Uh, not yeah. not as a quarterback. He yeah. he was supposed to be the starter in 08. Got in trouble and got tossed yeah. off the team. I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, but there. It is a shame though that you couldn't like we didn't get to play with that 18 team because that would have been fun. Yeah. I'm trying. Terry, to Terry Wilson would have been fun running around. You could have just ran it up the middle with Benny. Bowden ball. Oh my God, Bowden ball would have been incredible. Yeah, if they would do like how Madden does the updates, if they would have done the update during the season for oh, that. Josh Allen too, as an ed like. Yeah. When you would bull rush people and they would just like knock them over if you yeah. timed it right. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that'd have been hilarious. Every play, just Josh Allen getting sacks. Yeah, I'm trying to think like somebody brought up today like what would have been the fun teams to play with in the years they didn't have it. Like Lamar Jackson, Louisville obviously came up. Came up. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Football. Oh, Johnny Football would have been a lot of fun. Uh, that LSU team, even though it was, it wasn't like the fun video game like stuff. I mean. They still had all of the other pieces. Just, just right. you're playing pro style with, or spread style with Joe Brady, or not Joe Brady, Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, the the LSU offense, yeah, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, like they just yeah. stupid. I also numbers. saw somebody said something. I thought that was a pretty good idea, like doing a nine different like split covers of players that should have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like put, I guess you could put it up to a vote, and people could vote for the best. Trevor Lawrence would have been obnoxiously good on that game too, because because the thing about Lawrence Justin Fields would have been ridiculous. Well, and and that's the the thing about all of these is the best video game characters are ones who can run it at quarterback. Which you want to talk about another cheat code that people would do? They would also do the thing where they would put uh, Michael Bush in at quarterback. That that was definitely a move from back in the day, and he would just run over dudes. But mm-hmm. Lawrence. He was – it was that – I guess it was the Ohio State game two years ago in the playoff. When he just took off running, it's like, God, and he can run like that? Like, what the hell? Yeah. That ain't even fair, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are there any other good – Yeah, I think um, uh, Slayton and White were kind of the first one. Because when they first put, like, that kind of spread option, you can run the speed option and stuff like that, the game wasn't really ready for it. So, you could just no. run the quarterback and you couldn't really – you couldn't really – it was hard to stop it. I'm glad that at least adjusted made it easier to defend that stuff. But in 14, they did at least have the read option, so it's not like it's too. Yeah. Um, But man, it nothing beats the old PS2. My favorite cover might have been the Joey Harrington one in 03. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that was my my goat of college football games, which that was 20 years ago. <laughs> 18 years ago that came out. That was one of the first games, too. I, like, saved up a bunch of money to buy, you know, and I believe they were only, like, 30 I mean, I just remember point. in high school, like, football practice, it would come out during football practice, like, the first or second week of football practice. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the thing. Everybody, like, could not wait to get out of practice that morning to go home and play the game. And everybody – so you go over a friend's house and you would play it for eight hours, eight, nine hours, and you would do that for the next week or so. And go back to practice. <laughs> um, Man, so hopefully they get it done sooner rather than later. Get your stuff together and stuff like that. We need video games to play. And also, like, how cool is it to if you were the guy who got to make it all in the video game? That's part of what makes it so awesome. So yeah, I need all, like, all these million dollar facilities. That thing is gonna get played nonstop. Oh yeah, imagine playing it on that big screen in the lobby at the UK facility. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, well, like it. It's been good. Kentucky still good at football. Trevin Wallace in the house, and Super Bowl Sunday's here. Enjoy that football game because. We ain't going to have football anytime soon like it. Nope. Oh, well, we'll get some FCS. This I'm I'm going to be very thankful for spring ball this year. I know that after not having it last year. That was uh, – you think <sighs> you think you would never miss spring ball. Turns out <laughs> you missed it a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah so that, just, just to have it will be nice for sure. Um and I think it's going to be an important spring for a lot of for a lot of people for, you know, a lot of different reasons. But it's going to be nice to have some normalcy with it. Um, it sounds like they're all you know all all hands on deck too with it, where everybody's planning on having it. It should be able to go off without much of a hitch, um, as long as COVID, you know, you don't have a bunch of COVID tests or whatnot. Mm. And the great words of Bart so Scott. That's good. Be, give us a spring game. Can't wait. Can't wait. One of my favorite post-game interviews ever. Love it. Bart Scott, can't wait. Well, I can't wait to watch some football on Sunday. I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Hope you've enjoyed listening to 11 Personnel. And after you listen to us, if you haven't yet, go over to the KSR Football Podcast feed. Brent Wayne Scott talked to Chris Matthews for an hour, and he talked about his Super Bowl story, and it's just nuts. Like, it's absolutely nuts that this guy lived his life the way he did. Just one month of being on top of the world in football. And to be this close to winning it all. Just absolutely insane story. So go listen to that now and enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks for listening. Go Cats and go Kroger.